Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. I was reminiscing about how this time, around this time last year, we used this hall for the first time for Reboot Camp. And we're in awe, like, oh my God, this hall, this hall fits us. And I can't take us for Reboot Camp. You have to understand the DNA of the ministry that you belong to. I think that one of the greatest prayers I've ever prayed for myself is that the testimony of Celebration Church will be the testimony of my life, of upward and forward movement, of progress and joy every single day, unquantifiable. So thank God for growth. It's the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our sight. But I wanted to start this morning by asking, how do you know a church is growing? I truly believe that the numbers are important. Otherwise, we won't be celebrating them today. In fact, in scriptures, numbers are so important that there is a book of the Bible called what? You are in the spirit. <laughs> there is a book of the Bible <clears throat> called Numbers. And it's about how the children of Israel, about three million of them, embark on a, max, on a massive exodus the numbers is about how they embark. I know you didn't get it, I'll just say it again. How they embark on a massive exodus out of Egypt on their way to the promised land, which is in many ways the genesis of... After I now said that genesis, I now forgot. Just take it like that. Numbers 11 from verse 11. Moses is more or less a mega church pastor in a way. And in Numbers 11, from verse 11, he's talking to the Lord. Numbers 11, 11. And he says to the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in your sight, that thou layest the burden of all these people on me? Please read verse 12. Beautiful. So in the summary of everything you guys have said in error. The summary is that Moses happens to be leading many people. And he says, God, what did I ever do to you? That you gave me this number of people. Am I going to carry them in my bosom? Like a father will carry a suckling child. Moses is very dramatic. Praise the name of Jesus. So Moses has this number of people, about three million of them, but they are not growing. They are many, but they are not growing. These people have seen miracles. They were 10 plagues before they are taken out of Egypt. And as they are running out of Egypt, they come face to face with the Red Sea, which parts, and they walk through it. And there's an aquarium on each side. And they are walking on dry land in the middle of the sea. They've seen manna come down from heaven. But yet, whenever there is a small issue, they complain. They say, Moses, we understand that this manna is heavenly and everything. But are we going to keep eating the same food over and over again? So instead of them saying, oh, we want a menu change, they say, it would have been better for us to die. It would have been better for us to die in Egypt. Where we're eating garlic. Now for us to come to the wilderness and die here. So Moses goes up to the mountain and he's coming back. And on his way down, he starts hearing drum. And they've built a golden calf. They are worshiping. He said, these are the gods that brought us, brought us out of Egypt. It doesn't even add up because those gods did not exist when they came out of Egypt. So Moses is very upset because he has the numbers, but they are not grown. They are so small in their minds, even though they are many in numbers, that God wants to speak to them and he tells Moses, no, we don't want God to talk to us. Let him talk to you, then you come and interpret to us. And so Moses talks to God about it in Numbers 11, from verse 13. It says, where should I have flesh to give all these people? For they weep unto me, saying, give us flesh that we may eat. 
I'm not able to bear all these people alone because it is too heavy for me. And so dramatic Moses says, God, I pray to you, kill me if I found favor in your sight. He said, kill me if I found favor in your sight. And so God is like, okay, this guy has a crisis of leadership. There is unbelief. What is my solution to this? And see what God says in November. In, that's in November. Numbers 11 from verse 16. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Gather unto me seven men of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation that you may stand here before me. So God's solution to Moses' crisis is, I'm going to take the spirit that is upon you and I'm going to give it to 70 other people. Because you can have one person who has a spirit and three million people without the spirit. And that becomes a problem. But if there are 70 more people apart from Moses with the Holy Ghost, then these people can grow. So God's idea of growing the Israelites is to have more people with the Holy Ghost. Praise the name of Jesus. Is to have more people with the Holy Ghost. His solution to their bickering, their complaining, their unbelief is, I'm going to bring the Spirit upon you, Moses, and I'm going to put it on 70 more people. You know, I was telling them in the first service how the disciples used to say the weirdest things. They were with Jesus when Jesus fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. They were with him when he fed 7,000 people with four loaves and two fish. And one day, Jesus says, beware of the living of the Pharisees. And they say, oh, it's because we didn't carry bread. Because regardless of the miracles they saw, at that time, they didn't have the Holy Ghost in them to be able to do miracles. And that led to unbelief on their part. But when the Holy Ghost came, the disciples were different. The Holy Ghost made the difference in the lives of the disciples. Peter, who denied Jesus three times, when the Holy Ghost comes, he shows up and he's speaking to thousands of people. And he's telling them about Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. So God's solution to a crisis of leadership is the Holy Ghost, even in the Old Testament. And so he says, okay, select 70 people. Bring them out. Let them cleanse themselves. And the same spirit that is upon you, I'm going to put that spirit upon them. So there are 68 in the camp because every class, you must have the ones that are not serious. When I was in primary school, the boy's name was Abdulatif. You sit down at the back. Secondary school, and I, I remember that guy because he used to call me Lajue. Open your eye, Lajue. <laughs> Secondary school, there were two girls. It did not matter where you were. They were in school, but they were missing. Sandra and Maureen. Always missing. And so in Joshua's set, 600 BC, there were two of them, Elder and Meldad. Bible says that the Holy Ghost came upon 68 of them. Elder and male that for some reason were not available. But guess what? Where they were in the camp, the Holy Ghost came upon them there. And so Joshua, class prefect, went to report. He said, see, master, these people are not among. They are not among. But Moses told him something I want to read to you today. He said, envious thou for my sake. Would that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord will put his spirit upon them. So Joshua was like, it's only for a select few. And Moses was like, I wish it was for everybody. Because it's one thing to lead many people. It's another thing for you to have millions of people that can they themselves be led by the Holy Ghost. That's how we make impact. So Moses saying, I wish all the Lord's people would have the Holy Ghost. I wish it wasn't just me and 68. I wish it wasn't just me and 70. I wish in a generation, it wasn't just kings and priests and prophets. I wish we were not just four per set who had the Holy Ghost. I wish everyone had the Holy Ghost. You know, many people will say, oh, I wish I could see Moses. I wish I lived in Moses' day. I just see the rod turn to serpents. Now, the only serpent some people see is one in their toilet. <laughs> I just see the rod turn to serpent. I just see this. I just see that. I just see Moses with his beards. 
And Moses wished for your day. He wished he could see a point where all the Lord's people had the Holy Spirit within them. Moses prayed to see your day. Praise the name of Jesus. And so centuries after Moses, Joel is also prophesying about your day. Joel 2 from verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Somebody is like, ah, so I'm 38. Am I old men or young men? My dad is not yet 70. Is he old men or young men? What he's simply saying here is that nobody will be left out. That every single person will have the Holy Ghost within them in the last day. That this advent of the Holy Ghost will be marked by sights and sounds. You know, people have different arguments. Ah, I don't add up. Some people say, ah, maturity is the fruit, not the gift. Lord, I want the fruits. I prefer the fruit to the gift. It's like praying, God, I only want to be eaten. I don't want to breathe. It's not an either-or situation. You have the Holy Ghost, then you walk in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. When you became born again, you didn't come with overnight bag and say, I only came with salvation now, but you see, in case there is no traffic, I'm going to go back. I will bring tongues, just small tongues, ba 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 ba. After that one, I will go back again. I will bring, if there is gifts of spirit in heaven, I will bring it. No, he came with everything. You need to stop selling yourself short. The Bible says in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The spirit of God has already been poured out. When he came upon the Jews in Acts 2 and upon the Gentiles in Acts 10, he didn't go back and say, ah, they are missing me in heaven. I'm going to go. Then every meeting you have just been praying, Holy Ghost, come, 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 come. You have to sing it 56 times. If you stop at the 55th time, I will not come. He came and he stayed. And so now, the way the Holy Ghost is distributed is through people. You take from within and you put upon. You take from within and you dispense to others. It's important that you know this. That Moses desired your day and Joel prophesied about it. That God's solution to the problem that the Israelites had was the Holy Ghost. Now more than ever before, a supernatural church is needed. And our prayer this morning is not, Lord, make us a supernatural church. We can't do it without you. First of all, there is no church without him. So the reason why we are a church is because he's in us and with us. So what we are saying is we are a supernatural church. This is how we walk. This is how we talk. This is what we do. This is the impact we make. And when I'm talking about the church, I'm not just referring to the building or the group of people. I'm referring to you as a person. It is true that we are ecclesia together, but you are ecclesia. You've been called out. So you must discern your place as a member of the body of Christ. When Peter told Jesus, you are the Christ, son of the living God, Jesus said, on this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And Jesus, you said you're going to build. Why didn't you buy cement that time before Dangote was born so that it would be cheaper? You're building your church but your idea of building is to die. We don't get it. The Bible says that except the corner of it dies, that buys alone. But when it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So he died as one and rose up as many. Praise the name of Jesus. I'm getting ahead of myself this morning. I want you to know that you have the Holy Ghost. You don't have some of the Holy Ghost. You don't have a little of him. You don't have a rubber. And now, no, you have him on your inside. Praise the name of Jesus. I was at Reboot Camp Abuja last week. You guys were there too, right? Online. Beautiful. And Pastor K was here with you guys in Lagos. Celebration Church is blessed. 
to really is Pastor D was in Abud in Ibadan, too many branches. And I remember many of the testimonies we got. I was looking through them again yesterday. And there was a testimony of somebody who had a pain for 14 years. Maybe she was waiting on Sunday morning. Pastor is going to lay hands on everybody. Then I will be healed. But something happen, happens on Saturday night. On Saturday night, the people who are sitting around her, pastor says, lay your hands on, on the person that is sick in, in your midst. And so the people that she came to church with her, she was sitting down with, they pray with her and that pain disappears after 14 years. There's a young man, young, your age, my age. He couldn't touch his toes without pain. Pastor said, do it, he did it again. Do it, he did it again. Over and over again, because his brethren prayed with him. In seasons like this, I know you have been preparing yourself to receive that's good. But you must also prepare yourself to supply. You must prepare yourself to supply. Because we know a church is growing not just by the numbers. We know a church is growing when the members can do what their pastor is doing. Do you understand that? When the members, I know your pastor is a big deal. Me, I know. And that's good. But what he wants, what God desires, what your pastor desires, isn't just that your pastor himself is prepared for the work of the ministry, but that you too are also prepared. When I first started following pastor years ago, if I wanted to minister somewhere, I would look for pastor's wristwatch and I would wear it like mantle. And he thought he was cute. So, oh, maybe this girl likes me. Let's wear my wristwatch. I don't know, but I see it. Then one day he was talking about how, he said, how can you be a Christian? And somebody is sick and you are going to look for the mantle your man of God prayed for. To put on the person, I said, hmm, yeah, they do more. <laughs> what happens when the wristwatch is not there? What happens when the mantle is not there? So the greatest gift your pastor can give you is letting you know that what he has, you have also. Do you understand that? Yes. What you have, what he has, you have also. This is not secondary school where only one person wants to be coming first and be the star of the show. We have billions of people to reach. That means that we must all be prepared. We must all know what we have and what we carry. We have the Holy Ghost. Say, I have the Holy Ghost. I just kept on looking at those testimonies. One young man had a pain that will move from here to here to here to here. That's the spirit of infirmity. Doctors say pains cannot just be moving up and down. What a joy. That he's sitting down with people who have the solutions to his problems. Praise the name of Jesus. So many people healed. Because people participated in the move of the spirit. The day that Moses desired and Joel prayed for, that day is here. That when we come together, everyone has a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song, a healing, a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy, and the boldness to participate by the Spirit of God. That's a gift. Because the more we grow, the less possible it is for pastors to know everybody by name. There was a time pastor knew everybody by name in this church. It's not possible today. But pastor doesn't have to know their name. They just have to sit down beside you. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 11 from verse 16. I quoted this a little bit, but I'm going to read it again. It says, what shall we say, brothers? When you come together, everyone has a psalm, a teaching, a revelation, a tongue, an interpretation. All this must be done to build up the church. So I know you came to be built up. That's a good thing. The word of God will build you up and give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. That's awesome. But now I'm telling you that you are needed to build up the church. Jesus' idea of building the church wasn't just to stay and say, okay, I'm going to make sure I mentor every single person one-on-one. -on -one. I'm going to have a meeting with them, no matter their, their language, no matter their, their place in the city, no matter how many they are. What he does is he ensures that the same DNA that he had 
Every member of the church now has it. When I was younger, I watched a film called Men in Black. I think it was part one. And it had aliens in it. And there was this particular alien. When you shoot it, it will multiply. You guys know it. Jesus are like, what's that? What's that? You know, squid game. When you shoot it, it multiplies. And I remember watching it, and I was like, oh, thank God, Will Smith has finally shot it. And the thing multiplied, my eyes widened. Because the ability of an organism to reproduce itself and multiply itself is the most dangerous thing. The most dangerous. So Jesus' idea of building his church is to ensure that by his death, burial, and resurrection, the same spirit that he had, everyone now has. So God is building up his church by his spirit. And he's building up by the church by his spirit through you. Please descend your place. Praise the name of Jesus. You've been coming to church to be supplied unto. Now is your time to supply. Now is your time to supply. Some people feel like they would grow better if Jesus was mentoring them personally. I doubt it. Because the disciples that Jesus was mentoring personally, they nearly frustrated the guy. Say, how long shall I tell you? You know how sometimes you're teaching somebody something and it's not entering. Maybe, have you ever done lesson teacher before? And you don't want to brew, don't want to say, sir, this is your picking. <laughs> Coley work. Not entering. Jesus of us, you say, how long will I tarry with you guys? How long will I be with you? You see me feed 5,000, feed 4,000. You are telling me that because I said 11, uh, 11 of the Pharisees are telling me you do not come with bread. In verse 12, this thing is a shade. If you read it now, you will see it. It says, John 16 from verse 12. It says, I still have much to tell you, but you cannot yet bear to hear it. It's like, mm, you never understand mass. I won't teach you further mass. <laughs> there are things I want to teach you, but you can't understand it yet because you don't have the Holy Ghost. Do you get where I'm coming from? So when the apostles and prophets and teachers finally start teaching you when you have the Holy Ghost, it's going to become clearer to you. I've been saying it since. I'm going to die and resurrect. I've been saying it. Then I, when after I resurrect, you know you have the Holy Ghost, you're asking me, so when will the kingdom be restored to Israel? Jesus said, I have so many things to teach you, but you cannot bear it yet. This is powerful, 13. However, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? So when somebody is praying for you and saying, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, it's not true. Because the Holy Ghost will guide you into what? So the things that eyes may not have seen or ears may not have heard before now are revealed to you by what? He will guide you into all truth. Jesus said, there are so many things I want to tell you now. I'm here in the flesh. There are so many things I want to tell you now, but you can't understand it yet. I know you wish you met Jesus when he was still alive in the flesh. He doesn't wish the same for you. Jesus' wish for you is what you are living now. You are living his dream for you. Praise the name of Jesus. John 16 from verse 7. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I lie not. I swear down. I'm telling you the truth to God who made me. Nevertheless, it is expedient for you that I what? Ooh. Jesus thinks it's beneficial. He thought it was beneficial for him to go away. He's not like, oh, I don't really want to leave you. Who will now teach you? I don't want to go. He says, it's good though that I'm going. It's not as if I'm tired. As long as I'm not tired, but there's a way the Holy Spirit will teach you people that you won't frustrate him. <laughs> he said, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I go, I will send him unto you. So the Holy Spirit is not just something that this young generation churches just like to form UPOP and be jumping like frogs. 
is what? Expedient, beneficial, necessary. There is no church without the Spirit. No church. Jesus had died and resurrected. He said, see, you guys will have to, you will wait though, you will tarry. Wait until you endure the power from on high. Don't go anywhere. Don't say, I didn't tell you. Praise the name of Jesus. It's expedient for you that I go away. That's how I'm building my church. That's how I'm building my church. That inspired by the Holy Ghost, the apostles would write epistles that you will understand. That you will know the hope that you have in Christ Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Every single thing about the church was birthed by the Spirit of God. Every single thing about the church. So it's not an optional course. It's a compulsory. It's compulsory. It's a compulsory element. The incarnate Christ was birthed by the Spirit of God. Luke chapter 1. An angel appears to a Roman named Mary. Says, you're going to have a child. You're a virgin, yes. You're still going to be a virgin when you get pregnant or you have that baby. And the woman is confused. She's like, how shall these things be? Since I'm a virgin, Luke 134. And the angel replied, the Holy Ghost will what? The Holy Ghost will overshadow you. So the head of the church is Christ. When he's revealed in the flesh, it is as a result of the Spirit's influence. The Holy Ghost will overshadow you. And the power of the Most High will come upon you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God by the Spirit. That's how we know the incarnate Jesus. The ministry of Jesus was heralded by the Spirit of God. Started active ministry at 30 years of age. But something happened just before he started. Luke chapter 3 from verse 32 after the heavens opened. It says that the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. So Jesus began his ministry by the Holy Ghost. He was born in the flesh as a result of the Holy Ghost. Began his ministry by the Holy Ghost. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So when God is saying, or when Jesus' idea is I'm going to build my church by the Spirit, he's saying the same mechanism by which I was birthed in the flesh, by which I began my ministry, that's what I'm giving to you. I'm giving you the secret ingredients. That's it. That's it. Know it. Praise the name of Jesus. The ministry of the apostles and the church as we know it today was birthed by the Spirit. I could say Luke 24 from verse 49 for you guys earlier. It says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Don't leave Jerusalem. Stay there until the Holy Ghost comes. And that's how the church was birthed. Praise the name of Jesus. The same Spirit that was responsible for the birth of Jesus and the birth of His ministry is now at work in you. So, you can have an iPhone 12. The reason why you know that, I, that iPhone 12 that you are holding can do the same thing that the iPhone 12 your, part, your other partner is holding. And the iPhone 12 that somebody in China is holding, they can perform the same things is because they have the same DNA. Do you get that? You don't have to go to Apple and say, please, you people should check this iPhone. Can you do the same thing as the other one? You already know that it's going to happen because they have the same DNA. Praise the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. And so I want to do a little bit of before and after. The church, if there was anything like that, before the Holy Ghost. And the church after the Holy Ghost. What was the church like before the Holy Ghost? Number one, I'm going to tell you guys, it was a wimpy church. Somebody say wimpy. Yeah. What's, what's the other word? Fele, fele. It was a wimpy church. These guys were afraid of their own shadow. In John 20 from verse 19, the first day of the week, the doors were shut. And the disciples were assembled. And they shut the doors for the fear of the Jews. 
So Jesus Christ had died, and these guys are afraid of the Jews. So they are locking the door. Nobody should come in. And Jesus snuck up on them. And he said, peace be with you. You know how everybody is scared, and then somebody just comes at you. Like some of you, when you go to your toilets nowadays, there's no light, just yes. <laughs> peace be with you. You're scared. Scared. After spending so long with Jesus day by day, after all the words he had told them, they're scared. That was them before the Holy Ghost. Peter denied. You have to understand, it's a different thing to not be told that you are going to deny. But Jesus says, you are going to deny me. He said, never. Then you are faced with denial. You don't even remember that Jesus told you. He said, I don't know him. He said, Jesus, I have that face where it's as if I look like everybody. You understand? Maybe you know me on social media. I don't even know the guy. Denied totally. Wimpy church. Another thing, it was not a purposeful church. These same disciples almost called down fire to consume a whole village because they were not going to let them pass. Almost called down fire to consume a whole village. When Jesus says, see, I'm going to die. And I'm going to rise up again. They didn't hear anything rise up. God forbid, you will not die. Jesus said, you will not die. You will not die, but live to declare the works of the Lord. And the guy is telling you that the works of the Lord is for me to die. They say, no. Far be it from you to fulfill purpose. That was them before the Holy Ghost. Jesus had talked about resurrection time and time again. He has appeared to many people. Thomas is like, hmm, that one for your pocket. Until I put my hand inside the coral of his arm like this, I won't believe. They were not a purposeful church. They were an immature church. Just imagine you came upon these disciples arguing. Those disciples you know and love and revere. So they're arguing, everybody's voice is loud. And you're thinking, what could they possibly be arguing about? Are they arguing about the scriptures Jesus taught yesterday? Are they arguing about who followed Jesus to the cross? What are they arguing about? And so you ask one of them and they say, we just want to know who will be the greatest. That's what they were arguing about. An immature church. Some of you are like, is that immaturity? I'm still like that. Repent. Repent by the Holy Ghost this morning. They were not a discerning church. In Acts chapter 1 from verse 23, Judas has betrayed Jesus. And the disciples want to replace him. So they do what any right-thinking, spiritually-filled person would do. No. They cast lots. Tubu, tubu, meskalaba. Iyamala. Poo. And they chose it. And you also know, that's the last time we hear about that guy throughout scriptures. The last time. But they also prayed, they're like, God, you know the heart of all men. Anybody it falls upon. Some of you, that's how you chose your last relationship. He loves me. He loves me not. <laughs> Femi, Bolu. If the paper lands here, Femi, if it lands, stop it now. <laughs> you have the Holy Ghost. You have the Holy Ghost. But you see these same people, after the Holy Ghost came, they changed. They were so bold. Acts 4.13 says that when they saw their confidence and realized that they were unladen and uneducated men, they realized that they had been with Jesus. So all the mentorship that Jesus did in their lives began to show very well when they had the Holy Ghost. They became bolder. They became bolder. We are not taught that, ah, so Peter was bold because of his temperament. It was a choleric. But you see James, James was still a phlegmatic. So he was quiet. No! Regardless of their personalities, they began to have a new identity in Christ by the Holy Ghost. Do you understand that? God wants to use you for, for your generation. And so you must be prepared to submit to his lordship even in the things 
in the areas where you think are different from your temperament. When the Holy Ghost first came in Acts 2, they didn't have four rows. Okay, all the phlegmatics stay here. Melancholy, just pray in tongues more, more. Choleris, come to the front. You, it's like you're not outspoken. Stay at the back. No, they all spoke in other tongues. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Peter is speaking. He says in um, Acts 4 from verse 19. I'm going to read from, from the B part. It says, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. For we cannot but speak of the things that we have seen and heard. This was somebody that was denying Jesus. And now he's saying, we cannot but speak of the things we have, that we have seen and heard. The word of God is like fire shot up in my bones by his spirit. I don't know what they told you, but can I tell you something today? Boldness is in your spirit. See, I'm not naturally bold. That's not true. The spirit is your nature. So, you are not naturally shy. Do you get that? See, I'm not naturally excellent. That's not true. Excellence is in your spirits. See, naturally, I don't understand things easily. That's not true. There is wisdom and understanding in your spirits. See, I'm not really brave. That's not true. The Spirit of God has made you brave. Say, the Spirit of God has made me brave. Hallelujah. And in this church, this church that is born... By the Holy Ghost, we see consecration. We see dedication. Revelation 12 from verse 11b says, they did not love their lives so as to shy away from death. They were ready to die for the gospel. Before they were arguing who is the greatest, now they understand. To live is Christ, to die is gain. If I want to be great, I first of all have to be a servant. The disciples you knew before the Holy Ghost, if, they were, if people were arguing about food, one of them would have said, I'm going to be the one child of the food. Another person would argue, no, I'm the one Jesus called. For say, on this rock, I'll build my church. Feeding has to do with building. Therefore, make me. But they said, see, let's call other people to do this thing so that we can focus on prayer and the study of the word. A mature church by the Spirit of God. Praise the name of Jesus. So we see that maturity. Paul could write to Philemon and say, this guy Onesimus, he was a servant, a bad servant, but now I want you to take him back as a brother. Think about it for a moment. The man Paul was accepted by the church as an apostle. Let us think. That Stephen was a church member. He was not just a guy that showed up and appeared on the day he was killed. People knew him. People loved him. He had a place he used to sit down in church. There were people in his service units. Yet one day he stoned and there's somebody supporting the people that are stoning him. His name is Paul. Then shortly after that, you're telling a guy named Ananias, go and tell Paul the words by which he must be saved. Later, Paul shows up in that same church, that same church that used to be so scared and undiscerning. And he says, I'm an apostle now. Also the Gentiles specifically. And they accept him. That's a mature church. Praise the name of Jesus. They were full of discernment. If you don't think they had discernment, just compare the way they chose Judah's replacements with the way they chose Stephen and the other Dickens. They could select from among them people full of the spirits. It was discernible. You are not the kind of person that just trusts people. I don't know if this person is a woman of God, but let's just be going on. No, you have discernment because you have the Holy Ghost. Praise the name of Jesus. You were full of discernment. When it was time for Paul and Barabbas to be, to be separated in Acts 13, they knew for certain, they knew for a fact. The Spirit of God could tell Philip in Acts 8, go to that chariot, go there. Stay by it. Praise the name of Jesus. And they were full of power. They were full of power. Let's read something together. Acts chapter 5. We have, I think, three baby dedications today. 
and one wedding Thanksgiving. That's a large church. God is good to us. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 5, from verse 12. It says, And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all in one accord. Should I do it? Don't do it. They were all in one. How did one accord take all of them? Isn't that faucets? <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> they were all in one accord in Solomon's porch. <laughs> oh, sorry. They were all in one accord in Solomon's porch. Don't be carnal minded. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. I want to read from verse 14. I'll read verse 14 now. And the believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick into where? Into the streets. Wait a moment. Few chapters before they brought the sick into the streets. Can you remember when we were reading and we were told that they locked themselves in a room because they were afraid of the Jews? So the people they were afraid of, were they still out to kill them or not? Yes or no? So what changed? Was it the threats or the disciples? They were afraid to go out into the streets. But now, Bible says that they were so revered. And they were bold enough to go out into the streets. That before, they were afraid of their own shadow. But now, the shadow of Peter is healing the sick. Someone say Holy Ghost. That's what he would do in your life. I'm not here to tell you what is about to happen to you. I'm here to tell you what has happened to you by the Spirit of God. The knowing that your shadow can heal the sick. Because when you are walking, it's not just you and your name and your son name. You are carrying God. That when you enter a difficult situation, it doesn't matter what has been said, what has been done, the history. What matters is the future because you have the capacity to change it by the Spirit of God. Praise the name of Jesus. It says they brought the streets into the streets, the sick into the streets, and laid them on beds and, couch, and couches. That at least the shadow of Peter passing might fall on some of them. And the gathering, and a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities of Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those tormented by unclean spirits. And they were what? And they were what? They were all healed. They were all healed. Jesus was having looking down from heaven and saying, I told you. I told you we're not, we're not going to be able to bear it. But now see, they were all healed. These are the same people that somebody had brought their son and said, I brought him to your disciples, but your disciples could not heal him. Now their shadow is passing and you're all healed. A supernatural church. Ecclesia spiritus, bettered, a church bettered by the spirits. That's your history. But guess what is also your presence? When we talk about the apostles like this, we're not telling you history lessons. So this is what happened then. But you see, times have changed. Now the economy, now the society, now the leadership. We're telling you that that same spirit is at work in you today. Praise the name of Jesus. Regardless of your personality, I want you to embrace your identity in Christ. Is so important, especially as we enter reboot camp season. Not everybody's going to have the chance to speak to pastor about their problems. Maybe there are some challenges that cannot wait until the last day when pastor lays hands on everybody, if he does, because you people are many. So every year we try to discourage him, pastor, maybe you shouldn't. He eventually does. But they don't have to wait. You are sharing your hostel with somebody with a challenge. That's the end of that problem. Hallelujah. You guys are passing the lobby together, entering the same post. There's somebody in that place that doesn't know that there's a camp meeting holding, but God has prepared you for them. So in their mind, I'm just in this area. I work here. But during their lunch break, they will meet you. I want you to wake up to your responsibility. 
We're not asking the Holy Ghost to come. He's here. He's at work in you. He didn't come in Acts and say, ah, he don't stay. I don't miss my house. He said, I'm going to fly back real quick. I'll be right back. I'll be back. Then we gather together. Holy Ghost, come, come. Nobody should move. Nobody should make a sound. No! We will rejoice because he's in us. Sights and sounds. Signs and wonders. God doesn't just want to do them for you. He wants to do them through you. Through you, brother. Through you, sister. Praise the name of Jesus. You have an identity of power. Signs and wonders. That you lay your hands on the sick and they recover. That you speak in new tongues. You See, you are too old to be arguing at this stage. So, should everybody speak in tongues? Should everybody prophesy? Should we speak in tongues outside? There are bigger questions to be answered. Like, how do we reach billions with the gospel? How do we ensure that every sick that comes across us is healed? How do we ensure that every problem that comes across us lives with a solution? Those are the questions to answer. The question is not, how do I get the spirit? You have the Holy Ghost. Out of your belly. Somebody say, out of my belly. Flows rivers of living water. So the same way he's responsible for your salvation and your sanctification and resurrection on the last day. Yay! He's responsible for the work of the ministry through you right now. Supernatural church. We are not just supernatural when we gather. That's important. Things happen when we gather. Things happen. But when we go out there, because of the heritage we belong to, we're supernatural. There are doors that your son will open for you, for example. You don't need to carry all your family members, your grandfather, your great-grandfather, your daddy. You just go with the what? As you step out into this week, go in the name. As you step out into this week, go by the Spirit of God. Your power is not just limited to some aspects of life. It's limited to every area. Every area of your life. The things you think you cannot understand, when you think about it, I have the wisdom of the Holy Ghost at work in me. What kind of brilliance did it take to create the heavens and the earth in seven days? Have you ever wondered? Don't wonder again. That brilliance is on your inside. What kind of brilliance did it take to create man? Man is a complex human being. I've not even brought woman, just man alone. <laughs> complex. If it was man creating man, we would still be on it today. Yet God does it just like this. By the Spirit of God. And then he puts that spirit on your inside. On your inside. You are part of something that is moving, alive, powerful. You've been begotten into a lively hope. Praise the name of Jesus. What will you do with the anointing that you have received? Supernatural church. I thought you will answer. Yes. Is that you? Yes. Are we the supernatural church? Yes. What will you do with the anointing that you have received? What will you do with it? As we get into camp meeting season, there is a mindset you must have, oh. There is a mindset you must have. That I'm an usher. And service has not started, but I'm leading people to their seats and somebody passed by my shadow with an illness and they go back to their seat and they are whole. Yeah. That I'm ministering. Maybe I'm in follow-up. I'm saying, are you coming for the first time? And the person starts speaking the Holy Ghost. That is a mindset you must have. You know a church is growing when the members can do what the pastors can. That's how you know. If we will reach the world for Jesus, we all have to grow up. We all have to grow up. 
Praise the name of Jesus. I want you to rise to your feet as we pray this morning. The same weapons that Jesus had, you now have. Everything that was available to him in his earthly let me say it again, listen. Everything that was available to Jesus in his earthly ministry is available to you. What will you do with it? How will you stir it up? Peter and John healed that lame man that get beautiful. And people are looking at them. And Peter says something so powerful. He says, why look ye on us? As if by our own power or piety we have made this man strong. Says the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob has glorified his son Jesus. There's some of you in church this morning wondering, so I just became born again. So I just did this yesterday. So I, so I, so. Can you look to the one who has called you? And realize that by his spirit, you are not disadvantaged in any way. You are not disadvantaged. You are not disqualified in any way. Do you understand what I'm saying? The spirit of God has qualified you. God wants to use you. So he doesn't have time for you to keep doubting yourself. Doubting is called upon your life. Doubting your salvation. God wants to use you. Not by our own power or piety. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has glorified his son, Jesus. So only through faith in his name, that's how this man has been made whole. I know you are growing in sanctification. As you are growing in sanctification, you can be walking in power. Did you hear what I said? Don't see. Some of you say, let me wait after 15 years. When I finally stop this, when I grow here, then I will now move on to power. As you are walking in power, you are growing. It's the same spirit. He's not complaining the work is too much. Oh. No, he's at work in you. So we learn to do of God's good pleasure. Whether it's in sanctification or in behavior and in power, he will do all of them. Do you understand that? So when you step out, step out in the boldness that the name of Jesus gives you. There are people who need what you carry. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.